natural in it all, but uh, I'll take the bobblehead. I will take the bobblehead, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. That is a thing. Wow. Yeah. They really uh, did a number on him here. Yeah, they went for it, man. <laughs> they were not fucking around. All right. Look how they make his teeth like 15 inches long, too. Right? Look at that fucking <laughs> evil grin, dude. Like, he's just covered in blood and everything. It's fucked. Yeah, he looks like a, like a cartoon villain of some sort. They did, Dude, did seriously. All. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> all right. Well, hey. Hey, gang. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Millennium Fail. Wow. Okay, you know what? <laughs> Take two. Take two. <laughs> no, don't cut it. You got to leave that in. That's what happens when you're gone for how many weeks? Oh, my God. I know. And I was going to follow it up with an apology. <laughs> so, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Millennium Fandom. I am your host, Michael Bubbers. I am here with the wonderfully awesome and talented Nicholas Peterson. Hey. Hello, Nick. Hello. How are you? I'm great, man. Apparently, I'm way off my game, uh, and I apologize <laughs> to any of my listeners because I have been strictly way, way far out of the game. Not strictly, but I've been out of the game for a while, and it's been really unfortunate, and I apologize for that. It's just too many vacations. We had one weekend where we went up to uh, Minneapolis with the kids. And then, like, the following weekend, we went to California, just the wife and I. So it was super fun. It was great. It was a good time. Learned a lot, saw a lot, saw a lot. Um, drank some great beer. Speaking of, Nicholas and I are drinking the, the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin exclusive. Spotted cow. Spotted cow. I had to smuggle it in. Yes. I had the whole 12-pack through my butthole. I'm still going to drink it. Right. <laughs> Even though it's not illegal, I did it anyway. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is one of my favorite beers. I mm-hmm. love I love the Spotted Cow, and I know it's... it's it uneasy. It's hard, it's hard not to enjoy it, and I know that a lot of people just like... It's a pretty well-renowned beer, man, mm-hmm. and I think it's kind of crazy that they're just like, nope, we're just keeping it in Wisconsin. I hear story I from people who usually live out of state about how they... When people go to Wisconsin, they'll ask them to bring back a couple cases of spotted cow. You know, sure. Just, just because they, you know, they can't get it anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a while, I thought it was just an urban legend. Like, oh fuck, whatever. whatever. It's probably everywhere, but no, it's <laughs> an actual thing. You can only really? you can only buy it in Wisconsin, right? Right, right, yeah. right. Dude, I thought it was kind of funny though. Even when my wife and I went out to California, we had a dude because we went out uh, some friends who are originally from California, and they moved out here to Winona, Minnesota, mm-hmm. and. We said, is there anything you want us to bring back? And uh, our friend Sarah said, just your awesome Minnesota accents. And Justin said, bring me back some fucking cheese curds. Because (laughs) apparently that's not a thing out here. They just have mozzarella sticks. Really? Yes, we brought them back like fucking, I don't know. It must have been like four pounds worth of cheese curds, dude. It was fucking crazy. It was great. One Wisconsin serving of cheese curds. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that, yeah. Oh, man. But no, it was good fun. Uh, super cool, great man. vacations. It was awesome. It was awesome time off. And I'm so glad to be back in the seat talking with you, sir, about yeah. the one, the only, the greatest metal band, Metallica. Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whiskey and gyro. Oh, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> so many other songs you could have gone to before that one. All right. Too bad. Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> These nuts, dude. These nuts. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so uh, you approached me because, yeah, you wanted to talk. You wanted to talk some Metallica. So um, mm-hmm. why, though? Well, 
I, you know, I you this podcast has been about nerd culture stuff yes. generally, you know, and I. I I'm kind of a jack of all trades when it comes to, I, I, I like a little bit of everything, but mm-hmm. there's not one thing I can really talk about. And I always thought, but Metallica has always been that the musical driving force love of my life. The constant. Um, yeah. And for some reason, it just kind of, when you uh, were looking for people to come talk about things, it just kind of clicked in my mind that, oh, that that is the one thing that I could talk in depth at nauseum about sure. all day and night. And Mostly because they're such a divisive band, you know what yeah. I mean. Like they, you, you either love them or hate them. Okay. You know? So what, when did you take me back? When did you all first? Right. When did you sure. first hear Metallica? All like, right, all right. Was it because you're because <laughs> in was it was it a sibling mm-hmm. or did you hear it on radio? There's like, a there's a little bit of a story. When I was 11 years old, um, yeah. I went. I was playing in a basketball tournament, and at that point, when you're 11, you hit middle school, and your world kind of just opens up you know you start understanding you know other people's perspectives and all of a sudden things just become bigger and um especially musically you go from really just only listening to what your parents listen to to what now you're you're having friends and older siblings who are sharing things with you yep and when i was 11 um i went played a basketball tournament um in sparta and a buddy of mine's uh, older brother was our coach he's a senior in high school and we were driving. It was a three-on-three basketball tournament, and it was just the th- just us kids and his older brother driving, having a great time. And he, and it, we're uh, in the on the interstate, and he pops in. Uh, he said he said, basically said, "I'm gonna let's let's get something to get jacked up for the game." Sure. And he pops in the black album. Oh, okay. And Enter Sandman hits, and my world just completely flips. Really. Pretty much everything before that I'd heard was the Beatles and Paul McCartney and. <laughs> love, love me do. You know, like that. Hold <laughs> yeah, my yeah. hand and happy together. Everything. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, there's a dark side to this. Yep. And it was just, um, and, and when I heard that song, I immediately became a fan of that song. And then Sad But True hits um, right after that. And immediately, I'm like, holy shit. They took it to another level. And now I'm a fan of this album. And two songs later, um, the Unforgiven hits. And I decide I'm a fan of this band for the rest of my life. Cool. I have 10 bucks for lunch. Um, we stop at the mall. Instead of buying lunch, I go to Sam Goody. I buy the Black Album. Yeah, and been downhill ever since. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on, man. Mm-hmm. That's awesome as hell. So okay, neat. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, uh, so do you have you listened to Metallica albums? So? I, I have. Yeah. I have. I have. I have listened to. Um, I've listened to the Black Album. That was that mm-hmm. was the first album I was introduced to. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, my one of my best friends in the world, uh, Seth, he he and his brothers were like huge Metallica fans. So all they could talk about was Ride the Lightning and you know, um, uh, fuck, Master of Puppets, Master of Puppets. Um, what was it? Kill 'em all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like they, you know, they'd always be like. Load was awesome, but Reloaded was garbage. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how? What are you even? What's happening? Right. What the right. fuck are you going on about? So like, <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I was I was introduced to it, and it was a lot of fun. It was it was really good. But yeah, the Black Album was like that was like the album to be introduced mm-hmm. to 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 be especially when you're one. I'm assuming you were 10, 12 years old when you're introduced to it. A yeah. budding guitar player. Yeah, that album is so riffy yes. and heavy that it's like the budding guitar player's dream. Because um, what I then did was I went back through the catalog and I started at the beginning. I went all the way back to Ride the Lightning and I got that. 
Um, as I was, I was learning how to play guitar, and you can pick up, you can pick up Enter Sandman in the first five minutes of playing guitar. You know, sure. But all of a sudden, I go back to Kill 'Em All, which is '81 uh, or '82, only ten years earlier, and it's an entirely different ball game. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you know, 30 second notes. And it's like, oh shit, you know, and you got to really <laughs> ramp up your game. And so it takes you, it, it sounded like an entirely different band, but the same type of cool energy and feel of like, whoa. So you, you're almost, you're attracted to the same band, but in a different way. And then I sure. went through kind of getting each song in their catalog one at a time. But when you're 12 years old, you can't buy every, you know, you don't have any money. So I was buying it like once, one every six months yeah. for the next couple of years until I had their whole catalog. Which is interesting because then you're talking about your friends and load and reload because by the time load came out, I had just kind of slowly accumulated all their albums, learned their backstory. I'm 15 years old, and this is load was the first album of my entire life that that I said that that I was waiting for. You know, I I I was had it marked on my calendar. Oh sure, I was waiting in line at Best Buy when it came out, and it was just. And it's weird that my first album I did that to had the weirdest response of any Metallica album really? there's been. Yeah, because Load, Load, I, I, some people, um, Metallica fans really are, are extremely divisive. There's, if you go online and see any Metallica uh, conversation thread, what you're going to he- see is uh, basically, I call them red flag people. One of the big red flags is when people say they sucked after such and such oh, album. And sure, 99% sure. of the time, it's ever since the Black Elm, they've sucked. Once sure. in a while, you get a dipshit who says something like, ever since Kill Em All, they sucked. And it's like, wow, what, what, ever since their first album, they sucked. Shut <laughs> up. Um, but, uh, you know, low, but uh, and anyway, back to low. It, it was like, the the album where all of a sudden the word sellout really started hitting them really you know uh, because the album comes out do you know much about have you listened to load at all no no um, I haven't yeah it's it was like it came out right in the middle of like the grunge era when it, when grunge was really popular yeah 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 and we haven't they haven't recorded an album in like five there's five years between the black album and load which is the longest they've gone okay most before that was like only two years okay and all of a sudden the album covers them with their haircut short which. Who gives a shit? It's hair, but when right. you're a metal band, it makes a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the album cover is is a picture of a guy's blood and semen squished yeah. together on a plate. Right, right, right. Um, and it's called Load. And the first track's called Ain't My Bitch. And then the album takes this really 90s alternative rock twist. You know, it's not metal at all. Huh. Yeah. So my first taste into like super like at like being part of like the releasing of an album and and getting into the fan craze was met with like it was like when um uh the phantom menace comes out also oh yeah this is weird like blowing up of like what's going on this is not what i wanted it's not what i anticipated right right pretty insane it's just like super weird was it was it kind of disappointing or was it was it literally just like oh it was confusing when you're 14 (laughs) years old you don't you're you're still trying to figure shit out and like i'm trying to appreciate it for what it is sure as i've kind of gone down the road i start you start looking at where that what I think was interesting about Metallica is like you you you're not just buying the albums you're also buying a story yeah and Metallica has such an interesting story even up until now mm-hmm. so do you know much about like their their origins story no no I don't Feel, clue me in man okay sorry. let's let's no I'm dominating let's go, this no okay. let's go down this road okay so Metallica starts they're a, a four piece they um 
and the, they're getting ready to record their first album. And what they do is they fire the lead guitar player because he's a drunken asshole. And that lead guitar player is Dave Mustaine, uh, who then goes and starts Megadeth, the second biggest metal band, arguably, the second yeah, biggest yeah. metal band in the world. And that moment trickles throughout their whole career. And it's always something people come back to, either when you're talking about Megadeth or Metallica or both. And then you fast forward, you, they get this bass player who is probably one of the top bass players of all time. If, yeah. if anything, he's probably the best metal bass player. I mean, he's playing bass guitar solos, entire songs, and he's writing oh, these sure. opuses of, of songs, and he's, dri- he's the driving force of their creativity. Yeah, yeah. And then they do Master of Puppets, which is like the most brilliant metal album, I, I would say, of all time. And then he dies, and this bass yeah. player dies in a bus accident. Yep. And then they record Justice, and then they get screwed at the Grammys, even though one was like the great, like the most fantastic song I've ever heard. I, I think the song One is just brilliant. Really? And they're heavily favored to win the Grammy that year. Okay. Um, so much so that like, like other bands didn't even show up for the Grammys. Oh, no shit. Who were also nominated for Best Hard Rock Album or Song because they're, everyone was assuming Metallica was going to win. Okay. And then Jethro Tull <laughs> ended up beating Metallica for Best Hard Rock Metal <laughs> Album, what? which was, I know, which, <laughs> which then fuels them to do the Black Album and blah, blah, blah. So oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, 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 knew, I knew about um, the bass player, you know, passing away in the, mm-hmm. in the bus accident. Mm-hmm. Um, again, growing up with, with one of my... You know, best friends being huge Metallica friends, like they they all knew, like they it that was that was a a huge a huge moment. It seemed like in the metal realm. Again, I mm-hmm. I wasn't that far into that. I was I was more coming up like into the new metal wave. You know, the Slipknot, the Incubus, Corn, sure. uh, Limp Bizkit, mm-hmm. um, like that. That was more my bag. It, it wasn't so much the 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 strict. I don't know. I I guess the real the early. Thrash, mm-hmm. I guess you could say sure. that's almost what I would call it, or Agreed. just early, just metal, the birth Agreed. of metal. Um, mm-hmm. So, but but I always liked Metallica, and there wasn't much of Metallica that I didn't like. I think I just again because my friend and and his brothers, since we hung out so much, they just listened to it all <laughs> the time. Yep, and so eventually yep. it was just like, Ugh. you know, there's something about. When something's really popular, sometimes you don't want to like it because everyone else likes it. You want to have something of your own. Yeah, man. And I think what was appealing about Metallica is before the Black Album, that they were that band. They were yeah. the not popular band. They mm-hmm. were what your older brother listened to and gave you a tape of. Yep. And then the Black Album hit, and now fucking everyone listens to it. And yeah. what's, the cool, what's the next coolest thing? Because they're not cool because everyone else is fucking listening right, to them. Right, know? right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> just just like Napoleon Dynamite. I, no, I, like literally because uh, when Napoleon Dynamite came out, everybody and their fucking moms were oh, quoting it. Yeah. We're talking about yep. it. It's the funniest show ever. And then like apparently it was it was filmed and recorded in Boise, Idaho, right? Mm-hmm. Wife and I this was years ago before we had the multitude of kids we have now. <laughs> Went on vacation out there, and so I still had never seen it. I almost like made it a point not to watch it. <laughs> right. So we go out there. Some one of the friends that she has that we were staying at, he has it. So we watch it, and I'm like, "Wow, I, this this is this is dumb. This is a really <laughs> bad movie. This is a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Like this is just." Yeah. That's what it was. It was just gross and a burp. <laughs> it was just a nasty burp. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I remember, I remember um, because uh, Stephen Walker, who was kind enough to come on uh, my podcast and do the, the uh, Cubs, the Cubs episode, he, since we're all in the sketch comedy group Live from Lacrosse together, mm-hmm. which, by the way, head writer Nick Peterson right here, in case anyone didn't know, he's fucking brilliant and funny. Um, I remember being in uh, Deaf Ear Records because I was like, oh, that's right. Steve was talking about you and I doing Metallodads. That's right. And I still kind of want to do that because of that. Mm -hmm. Just the concept fucking slays me of like you and I do an acoustic cover band of fucking Metallica jams. (laughs) So I found myself in Deaf Ear and I'm like, I don't even have the black album anymore. I don't know what the Mm -hmm. hell happened to it, but I'm like, hey, I'm going through. I'm looking. I'm like, no, there's Ride the Lightning. There's Master of Puppets. Uh, I'm like, hey, I remember texting you and you were just like, Master of Puppets. Because I was Mm -hmm. like, which one? Which one, dude? Like, which one should I get? Master Master, of Puppets. Master of Puppets. Master of Puppets. Like, no doubt. No doubt. You can't write. You can't miss with Ride the Lightning. But uh, Master of Puppets to me is there. It's like there's... I just read an article, and I won't remember any of the bands, about the third album effect, about how a lot of bands' third album uh, and tends to be one of their top or their best work, partially sure. because their first album's like your Cutting Your Teeth album. Yeah, yeah, Second album's Holding Your Skills, and your third one is like where you really hit your creative stride and go. Oh, sure. And uh, to me, yeah, right. The, um, sorry, Master of Puppets is just a piece of brilliance. I played in a Metallica tribute band, uh, about 10 or 12 years ago. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And our their final thing we did that we want like we had we played shows and what we noticed was we we're having fun with it but then eventually it turned into like we we went in with the idea that people would want to talk about Metallica. What's your favorite album? What's your favorite song? What do you think about this riff and that? Sure. But what it turned into was people just wanted to come in and just shit on Metallica. Really? Th- yeah, they just come in, fucking Napster, right? Great set, fucking Napster. Like that that happens so often. And another thing uh, that was a huge problem was fights would break out like crazy, like drag people out in the street fights regularly at our shows, like insanity. Because because it's thrash metal and people are jumping around, and but it's not uh, like you're outside or in a big area where you have space to move. Right, you're in a fucking bar. You're and in like fifty. 50- Fucking popcorn tavern, or something. popcorn <laughs> tavern, yeah. And you bump into one of the beams and then hit somebody uh, and they drop their spiller drink. Yeah, and it was oh no, more often than not. And it got to a point where we were, we were like this. It just sucked the fun out of it really quick. Oh god, and, I bet. Yeah, and then you know we wanted the other guys weren't. They're not. We're not. None of us are metal heads. I mean, I would never claim to be that, but right. we're all Metallica and guitar player fans, and we just thought it. Would, it was it was a inspirational band, but what we did for our last two shows, we did the Master Puppets album start to finish. Oh, cool! Yeah, and we we had we set out to do um, to like set this goal. We had like four of the eight tracks figured out, but holy fuck! It, I it, like in terms of like trying to do something, pull something together, like, like challenging yourself musically and creatively, and pulling together a full set of an entire album. It's it's be it's beyond like awesome because you get kind of experience what the what maybe the band was going through when they're writing it, but oh, also sure. like the intensity of playing for an hour and five minutes <laughs> or whatever it is of just like straight thrash, two fifty beats per minute straight oh, thrash, my God. yeah, and you're just dead at the end. But man, it was it was pretty awesome. I I 
I also played in a band, and mm-hmm. uh, no, we never we never did any covers or anything like that. And we never did anything that but fast. Was but it a metal band though, or it was kind rock, of an, it was a, like hard, it was there was some metal. I did eventually play in a hardcore band where there was a lot of triplets, you know. Oh. But I mean, it was like open, mm-hmm. you know, open drop D, fucking burp, sure. burp, 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 you know. So mm-hmm. I mean. But I mean, I always try to put on a show, so I'm jumping around all over the fucking place. I'm headbanging. I'm getting in, you know, <laughs> getting in the crowd's face. I'm doing whatever I can. But Jesus Christ, I cannot imagine because uh, I since you told me, yeah, it is a, a workout. fucking workout. Mm-hmm. And ever since you told me about picking up Master of Puppets and not realizing that, I mean, I knew you were in a Metallica, Metallica tribute band, but I did not realize that your last two shows you were just like start to finish Master mm-hmm. of Puppets. Yeah, yeah. Fuck all that noise. Fuck all of it, right in the ass. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's a it's a feather in the hat, man. Like I, 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 there's not a whole lot to brag about. You're playing someone else's tunes, but in the end, like that to me is bragging rights. Oh hell yeah, like, hell yeah. We did that, and it's, and and we, I, I think we nailed it too. We got a lot of good response, and uh, yeah, it was. Fun. I miss doing it though, man. It's it was it was great, but you know, kids and families and shit <laughs> like that. But. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Lame. Yeah. No, that's super fun, yeah. dude. Uh, hard segue. Um, you were around for the Napster era, though, right? Yes. Well, speak. Uh, Stephen Walker and I uh, were talking a little bit about this last night. What okay. was so? You would have been. You're 35, right? Ye- 34. 34. Okay. I'll be 35. So you would have been in high school right around when Napster, LimeWire was. Oh popular. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what was your take on that? Do you remember how that all went down? Um. Uh, the most I could tell you is that it didn't. It didn't necessarily seem like it was Metallica, uh, mm-hmm. but I mean, I mean, maybe it was the whole band. But it definitely seemed like it was uh, Lars. Lars that was at the forefront of that whole suit. Mm-hmm. And I, there's, I'm I'm older. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little bit wiser. Not much. <laughs> I'm a little bit wiser. So I'm a little conflicted on it because there's the part of me that says. Or at least definitely, and I still believe this, and it was my original thought when I was younger. I'm like, but again, this was because I was also in a band. So I thought the more people that are exposed to your music, the more people want to invest in you, come to your shows, buy your merch, right? Uh, look forward to more of your albums. You, mm-hmm. Nobody, anybody who starts a band to make money is fucked. Mm-hmm. Like... No, right. nobody around here is starting a band because they want to get, uh, they because they're out to make money. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, they want right. to do what they love and get money. You know, doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have loved to have seen my band take off, and I'm this big fucking rock star playing sold out fucking Madison Square Garden or something. Right. That's not gonna fucking happen. Right. I didn't do it because I wanted to make money. I want. I did it because I fucking enjoyed doing it, and I really right. enjoyed playing for people. I know it's a different conversation. It is unfortunate that you can't be a musician and that be your... I mean, you play locally and that be your full-time gig. Yeah, yeah It's a different man. thought. But I, I crosses my mind a lot about how... Um, and I'm sure you've been there when we were in bands, like trying to get gigs and, you, and people let you uh, come and play, but they they don't want to pay you anything, or yeah. they'll be like, "Oh, we'll just pass tip jar." It's like, "Oh, we'll we'll play for three hours for twenty bucks, fucking and a, a free drink." Like, really? Yeah, yeah, come yeah. On, man, we're entertaining people for hours on end. Yeah, that, man, that burns me a bit, and and I get it. They're you know, bars are trying to make their money too, but right, that, that's always kind of it's yeah. It was always me. it was always tough. It was mm-hmm. always tough. I mean, we never. I mean, yeah, I mm-hmm. can tell you, I hardly ever saw 
any little bit of a payout. And typically right. when you do, it just mm-hmm. goes right back into your gear right. or it goes back in your fucking gas tank. Right. People don't... You, it, it's enough to sustain your fucking habit of creativity, and that's about it. Right. That's about it. But, mm-hmm. um, but that's why I was like, uh, you know, like kind of fuck you, Lars. You know, fuck yeah. you. And sure. mildly fuck the rest of the guys mm-hmm. for letting Lars go through with this. But sure. Or I guess, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I shouldn't say, oh, Lars is behind it all. Again, he was probably just kind of the fall man, like, potentially. Yeah. But but, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, that is kind of their product. Mm-hmm. It is their product. They worked hard for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a little, I'm a little conflicted. Sure. Well, uh, this will be the part of the podcast where if you have really strong feelings about this, I get, like you hate Lars, you might want to just turn it off because... I um, I'm gonna try to uh, change your mind a little bit. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, first I'll start with the the um, the devil's advocate side of Stephen Walker brought up a really good point. He said um, because of Napster, there's a good example of I, I, I'm gonna misquote him, but like there's a place in Nebraska where they had never sold a Metallica album ever, and basically what you're alluding to. It created this grand exposure to kids who live in inner city or, or in the rural uh, Nebraska who never had access to Metallica, and now they do. And all yeah, of a sudden, yeah. there's a big boom in their sales. And he had talked about how even afterwards, after the Napster thing or during it, Metallica sales actually went up. Um, that, that at no point did, they, did Metallica ever feel a hit. Sure. So here's my counterpoint. At no point did Metallica ever talk about their money. It was about their product and about their freedom of uh, their choice of what to do with their product, like you alluded to. What, what really pushed them to to, to like push? I guess it was Lars, but I, I think the band all were on board. Lars is just the face of Metallica. Was right. Yeah, was they were recording "I Disappear" for the Mission Impossible Two soundtrack, which uh-huh. is uh, uh, track, you know, whatever. <laughs> Point being, the the track actually got released on a Napster before they're fucking done recording the song. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. that so, was really bad, and it was, was and that really pissed them off. I, however, it happened. What it doesn't matter. So then the the that single comes out, the um, Mission Impossible Two, I Disappear single, and no one buys it because everyone already has it. Sure, it's the talk of the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I think that was one, and then there's another uh, another example was a there's a band um, called Systematic, who. Um, at one point had one of the top five hard rock albums in the country right around the time of Napster. And because of Napster, were completely buried. They made no money on album sales, and they ended up going bankrupt and breaking up. Oh, damn it. So what I'm getting at is, is every interview, every time they talk about Napster, it's never about, it's, they've never brought up their own finances, their own money. It's always about the, art, the artist's choice. Sure. And they were, at that point... They just happened to be the biggest band in the world. That, okay. And they had the resources and the funding and the lawyers to be able to go after this and say, no, this is wrong. People are actively stealing music. So that's my take on it. it I mean, I'm not hard line on it, but I, I still side with the band of like, there was one point in my life where for three years, I didn't buy a song or an album. I didn't buy one thing. Oh, Because sure. I just downloaded everything for free. If I yeah, wanted yeah, it, yeah. boom, I had it. You yeah, know? Yeah. And, um, and I get the argument of, 
well, maybe you like, you sample it, you like it, then you go buy the album, but we all fucking know that's not yeah, what you do. That's, no, that's People not don't at all. do that. No, so. no. Everybody yeah. knows that once you, once you bite, you, you kind of sink your teeth in and that's, and that's that. So. Mm-hmm. So no, that's a that's a very good point, and that that is true. I did I never really heard one way or another. I think it was just kind of the spin mm-hmm. of whatever channels you were hearing about, like oh you know yeah the biggest band in the world worried about their money and their album mm-hmm. sales and all this shit and that 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 that's a very good point. But he ended everyone's free lunch, man. I mean, and, and I so I understand why everyone's pissed because like oh I had all this yeah, free yeah, song yeah. and now it's just and overnight just gone. Now, yeah, my free man. access to all the music in the world is gone now. And that was fr- that was super frustrating. Mm-hmm. That was super frustrating. Right. And you know I had read I, over the years I've read stories about how like the music industry kind of perpetuated this because they could have been doing digital download the year before, but for some reason withheld doing it for financial reasons. And they, so the was it something Parker was his name who did Napster? Whatever. He did it out of necessity. He the sure. resources were there and he thought, what the hell? And it, yeah, it was it. Yeah. So No, fair enough, man. Mm-hmm. Holy right. shit. That is really cool. That's a good that's a good a good point. Well, uh, but you brought yeah. you now I'm I'm sorry, I yeah. keep noticing you brought some paraphernalia with you. <laughs> So let's let's fucking talk about this. Sure. Like, what'd you bring? It sure. Looks like there's a over, at least a CD. Yeah, over the years, I've uh, well, I, I stopped doing it about 15 years ago. But early on, I I held on to some collectors' items that as a kid, like one of them, um, one of my favorites. I got the one Japanese single version. <laughs> <laughs> they don't sing in Japanese or anything. It's just it's it's very rare um, because it has the the demo of one and then a version of Bread Fan that they record, which is a song by Budgie. Uh, Budgie. Which is pretty cool. Um, Holy shit! Yeah, I, um, I, you know, you could probably find it for two bucks on Amazon now. But it's something <laughs> I bought. I bought it like right when I became, you know, when I was a kid, and something of oh, a, yeah. kind of a prized possession, some of a collector's item, kind of tough to find. Oh, I fucking love um, it! Look at look at these little babies, man! Right? Jesus Christ! Yeah, pretty bread fan. So are, is like some some of these I'm assuming are only released is like is Breadfan only on this Breadfan originally was only on that but then when they did um it, th- that's what made like these things special was you you had to buy this to be able to listen to Breadfan otherwise yeah. you couldn't And then in 98 they did that Garage Inc. Oh yeah 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 which is their a double album one album was of all covers that they recorded and then the other album was all the covers they had recorded in their history sure so all of a sudden bread fan became accessible to everybody ah, okay. uh, in 98 which made this a little less special but at the same time it not to me because yeah. I, I ordered it i'm sure through some guitar world magazine in the back pages <laughs> and for probably 20 bucks or something and hell yeah yeah it's pretty cool uh, another right. thing i got you was gotta- um when I was a kid, I, what's special about Metallica to me was um, it was the band that your parents hate that you yep. love. Yep. You know, um, some my, from my older brother was like Nirvana. My parents hated that he loved Nirvana. <laughs> Who, did you have a band like that? Uh, uh, I, I, see, I was privileged because I was the youngest. Um, oh, and so my brother, my, my late older brother, he was the middle child, mm-hmm. and he was the Hellraiser. So he's what introduced me to like, Corn and Limp Bizkit and uh, you know, um, like he was listening to like Wu Tang and all this mm-hmm. other, sh- and he would White Zombie 
when they were like I love white zombie. Yeah, I do too, man. Like it's so good. But like yeah. but like so he kind of paved the way. He he was the knockout punch to where I was just kind of like the the like sucker. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> so my parents got fucking just sucker punched by my by my older brother. So then it didn't really matter what I listened to. Sure. <laughs> but I mean I was I was only ever listening to whatever my brother had. So I didn't really have a band because right. it was like whatever my brother listened listened to was kind of what I also listened mm-hmm. to and my parents hated all of it, so it didn't really, it didn't really fucking matter. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm sure your brother had this conversation with your parents about uh, your parents probably loved the Rolling Stones or something like that, and we probably had some hot debate about Rolling Stones are better than Corn or whatever uh, it was. No, because oh, no. of anything. My mom, hardcore John Denver fan. John, oh, there you go. My dad, <laughs> even more. To- my dad, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Like I, he he listens to a lot of like just the old like pop kind of music from that time period. You know, really? like yeah, he he never really seemed to have a, a favorite. So it was okay. my dad was always just kind of like he just listened to the radio and then he'd just whistle along to whatever fucking tune was playing. So mm-hmm. it was just like okay, so you like all of it, kind of. <laughs> like I don't, right. I don't know. But my mom, yeah, I mean, she was just kind of whatever. You know, she loved sure. John Denver. She loved, you know, we, we would sometimes when we were younger, younger, like mm-hmm. we'd listen to the Muppets albums or whatever. There you like, go. So <laughs> no, there was never like that. Mm-hmm. So it was just yeah. kind of whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know, my parents were um, hardcore Beatles fans. I mean, to the point where they nice. didn't listen to anything else. That's all right. My first five concerts oh. were Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney, Ringo and Paul McCartney. <laughs> you know? Uh, never mind. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's cool, it, but that's a lot. It was oh. a lot. There was one point where we, uh, when Paul McCartney was on doing the um, Off the Ground tour, which was his worst album, oh. uh, we, went to, we saw him in the cities, Milwaukee, and then Chicago three nights in a row. And it was... <laughs> So we saw the same set three nights in a row. It was brutal. It was brutal. So my so everything is you know off how, the ground and on and on. How, you know, I like, mean, uh, I'm, <laughs> to a degree, like that's kind of cool, but at the same time, yeah. like fuck, man. And they drove like, their kids along. It was rough. Yeah, like uh, just. I mean, I it's say, the same set make, three nights in a row. That seems like a lot of work. It was. It was <laughs> awful. It was all like I, at the third night. I, I was like, you know, anticipating the next song and then falling asleep in mid <laughs> mid Paul McCartney show, an icon, you know. Um, so my parents are huge Beatles fan. I mean, okay. above and beyond. And Metallica is the opposite of the Beatles, obviously. Oh, yeah. So at some point, I don't know. We have this big argument and. Like I said, when you're 11, your world gets bigger. You start taking other people's perspectives. And my dad tells me, you can't listen to these people. Whoops. Uh, yeah. And I kind of do the whole, you know, 12-year-old puff my chest like, tell me what to do. Fuck off. Of course I can't. <laughs> but it was like, but my pops um, loved to death. He, just, he, don't, he doesn't back down. And he's really intense. And he's kind of big and scary. Yeah. And we get in the, the, the biggest fight we've ever had before then or since then uh, over, a, over bands. Because he didn't right. want me listening to this because he probably thought I'd turn into a... I turn. I turn into one of them. You know. You know. Have long hair and piercings or whatever. <laughs> so we get in this fight. You know. Go to my room. Slam the door or whatever. And a couple of days later, my dad. Um, his way of apologizing is he buys me a poster of from the original Black Album tour wow. that they used. To, yeah. Yeah. Um, that I don't know where he got it or where he ordered it from, but it's like a, a original vintage Black Album. It's an original. That's an original. He's yeah, showing me right now. It's he, this awesome yeah. blue Metallica, Ride the Lightning, Garage Days, Master Justice for All, Anderson '92 tour. Yeah, Hollywood, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New Orleans, Buffalo. Yeah, 
it's kind wow. of one of those vintage poster things. Too. Yeah, it's, it's like it's but like it's an like actual a, vintage poster. Yeah, it's and, like paperboard. Yeah, and he got it for him. But it, so like this is symbolic of a lot more than just the Metallica thing. But it was like that moment of like. I don't give a shit what band you listen to. You know, it's not it's not worth being mad at you anymore. Uh huh. Yeah, that's fucking cool. Yeah, it is. That is really cool. Yeah, yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. Last thing I got. Um, my most expensive thing is this. It's the Creeping Death, uh, vinyl album. This was a wedding present as from my um my best man Joe Cruiser got this for me. Uh, Original vinyl from '82. Um, one of the first pressings of it. Holy shit. And it's, you can tell it's, it was in someone's closet. It's chewed on by mice. Oh, nice. But if this were in better condition, like when I looked it up today, yeah, yeah. $450. Holy shit. I know. Um, I had no idea it was that much. So I'm going to go home and put it in something nicer because it's sitting <laughs> on my shelf. Because I was curious before I came and I'm like, holy shit, what am I doing with this? Uh, but, you know, uh, Creeping Death is like their first, like, I don't know, the first song that they did. Uh, it's on Ride the Lightning, their second album. That really sounds. Like vintage Metallica, like modern Metallica, like okay, they, they, um, like when you listen to Kill 'Em All, it sounds a lot like the um, uh, the new wave of British heavy metal thing, the uh, Motorhead style and Diamond oh, okay. Head, what they're kind of mimicking other people's thing. Um, but uh, I think Creeping Death is like the first song. But so, anyways, th- this has a lot of sentimental value, but also cool. I find Creeping Death to be one of their their. The best songs. So, like, so that's kind of where you think they they may have really found their their I think sound. I think that's where they started, Joan. Yeah, I think yeah, that's the like that peak moment, kind of like in live when we did episode three. I think it was our end of our first season. Yeah. We had a couple sketches. We're like, oh, we found our groove, and then the yeah. next season we just started kind of and then we take the energy and push it forward. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. awesome. That's yeah. that's actually really cool. Yeah, so, thanks, uh, man. How does uh, how does your wife? I mean, has has you being that mm-hmm. big of a Metallica fan <laughs> ever had much of an effect with your wife? Uh, she uh, she came to a show or two. Um, she came one time raging pregnant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great adjective for that too. But, yeah, uh, she was severely pregnant. Just <laughs> <laughs> fully pregnant. Oh um, my god, she was uh, obnoxiously pregnant. Obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, uh, Suzanne. She was not, nah, it's not her thing. Which is but you know, she's she's cool with it. We we uh we we don't bond over that at all, which is yeah. fine. Um Oh everybody's gonna I, have I, their I, own thing. I think yeah, and I think she embraces that it's this is my thing and her thing is Billy Joel or whatever. Yeah, whatever hey, her thing cool. is. I actually know it's Dave Matthews band, so Dave okay, a little yeah. DMB. No harm with that. No harm with that. <laughs> So, um, so how many times? So you've obviously seen them live. Mm-hmm. How many times? I've seen them four times. Okay. And each time I saw them, I saw them at different stages. Uh, I saw them in '97 for Load when they were really looking when they were starting to really fit the pop, uh, the pop look, the short haircut, wearing oh, sunglasses man. at night, you know, <laughs> looking cool. Yeah. Um, I saw them in 2000. When they were when when they were completely bottoming out, this is right around when they were filming um, uh, some kind of monster. The documentary about how it was supposed to be the documentary on how they're recording an album, but turned uh-huh. out to be a documentary about how they almost broke up. Oh shit! And James Hetfield, yeah, James Hetfield had to go into rehab, and um, Jason Newstead, the bass player, quit the band, quit the biggest band in the world because of just the emotional abuse he was going through of being Fuck. being a pawn in this band who uh. had no say or creative energy in it at all, and. 
Um, so the documentary is really quite amazing. But I got to see them right when they're bottoming out. And it was like Jason Newstead quit two months later. Yeah. yeah. Um, side note, I, kid, it was the Summer Sanitarium Tour. Um, kid Rock, Seven Dust, Corn, System of a Down. Damn. And not Limp Biscuit, but another one of those new metal bands open for me. It was like the, the craziest day of my life was Holy that show. Shit. Yeah, it was amazing. That sounds awesome. Um, it was also, I got to see, it was Joe C. Remember Joe C., the, the little guy? Um, for Kid Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, three foot nine with a 10 foot dick or yep, whatever. Yep. Um, it was his last, I could see his last show. Oh, really? And he passed away a week later. Yeah. Oh, damn, dude. Yeah. Um, damn. So anyway, I saw, saw them in 2000 when they were bottoming out hardcore. Um, and then I got to see them in 2008 when they did their return to form album, Death Magnetic. And oh, it was, that was by far the best show I've ever seen. They were cool. They end the show with like these giant beach balls dropping from the ceiling. Okay. And the whole place becomes like this. <laughs> uh, you know, you're in something, but we're in the theater in the um, amphitheater in Minneapolis. I can't remember which one, but like, there's these giant, like the like not the beach balls, they're exercise balls, sure, really sure, big sure. ones, bouncing all over the place, like you're inside Damn, inside dude. of a snow globe. It was just <laughs> trippy, man. Cool. And then I saw him on the Hardwired tour, this last album run in yeah, 2016, yeah. and it was again they just they they crush it live, man. They just yeah, don't miss. yeah, awesome. Yeah. And I've they're heard that dogs. too. Like like I, I haven't heard. Anything real great about necessarily their music nowadays, like what they've recently released has kind of mm-hmm. been like you mixed reviews. Yeah. You know, I think it's kind of yeah. like what you were saying about like as you know, at the start of when we really got into this, like you had the assholes that are like, oh, they lost their stride like uh, around here. Or, uh, they were so and so after this. But, you know, you, mm-hmm. you still kind of hear those mixed reviews from a lot of people. Everybody's yeah. everybody's a fucking expert. Whatever. Right. <laughs> but um, but if there's one constant that I hear and it's kind of the same thing with anybody who sees Limp Biscuit. Yeah, mm-hmm. they fucking sucked after their second album. Like it seemed like the rest of it was just garbage. However, mm-hmm. their live show is fucking ridiculous. They crush it. Yeah, even the show in 2000 where they were bottoming out, they still fucking crushed it. That's cool. Um be having played the songs, there's certain parts of the songs that I that like I look forward to that. It, that some people don't really notice, I think, and not not as like this upturned nose, like snooty, but like there's a song on Master Puppets called um, "Disposable Heroes," and yeah. there's like a pre-chorus part where like he rolls this soldier boy made of clay now in empty shells, and the vocals build and build and build, and there's no breath or break, and it gets to the point where he's like, "Finish here, freely done," and it's when we would play it live in our Metallica tribute band. By far the the hardest note to hit because it feels like you've just run a marathon and now they want you to sprint another hundred <laughs> meters. At the, okay, you're done. <laughs> so you're like building and like doing this really long, long stretch, and then you got to go and hit this high note to end. And it's so difficult. So so oh my God. so like any you know singer, I just would phone it in instead of going high, I'd go low or just sure. kind of just hammer through it and just suck. So. <laughs> Every time, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it, yeah. Um, so when I saw them play it live and the Hardwired tour, yeah, yeah. Because last year, I mean, Hetfield and those guys—they're in their mid fifties now. Yeah. Um, now that it's terribly old, but I mean, you, I mean, you're talking thirty years of thrash metal on their bodies. Fucking a man. So they get to disposable heroes, nice. and I'm like, here it comes. Is he, he's going to go low? There's no way he's going to hit that note. No shit. He goes and he goes for it, and he hits that note like that. Damn. At the end, it was just. I don't know, like it, it place, you know, goes crazy for the whole show. But like, there's those moments like that. I'm like, oh my god, you come out, you give it your fucking all every night at mid fifties thrash yeah. metal doing it, 
if if you're not a Metallica fan, man, that's the way to experience it. Well, and and it's that's not necessarily like I know you're saying like oh you're worried about talking about like oh it's all highbrow or you know upturned mm-hmm. noses like no man like yeah. you as a musician you notice those things you notice those key points you know how hard they work to get to that but mm-hmm. what's crazy is that like I've experienced some of that too you know like when I play guitar we've got we've actually got my guitar and my amp right next to me he was Nick here was just actually playing a little Metallica before we started recording this but. I I experience and I can appreciate because there's um there's there's a a point in one of the songs I think it's an every time I die song that I that I play along with that I know but there's a note there's just one note that I I I don't know how they do it I don't know how they get it hmm. it's not like a it's not a uh, a harmonic it's not like a a, a um, the thing where you, where you flick it real quick with both the pick and your thumb oh, and yeah, get yeah. that, that weird, pinch. yeah, a pitch. Yeah, yeah. pinch. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how they do it. I just don't. And I want so bad to see them live so I can see that one fucking note and be like, <laughs> how? How do you do this, sir? Like, uh, because I play it and I try my hardest. I'll do the pitch and I'm like, eh, it's close, but mm-hmm. that's, not, that's not it. I'm mm-hmm. not nailing it, you know? So, no, I I totally understand. Cool, I one hundred percent understand because Thanks. that is like when when you see them live and like you like you said they're mm-hmm. fucking a man. They're getting gray, man. Mm-hmm. They're graying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I it it, ma- it kind of makes you sad, but I mean, but yeah, to, to see them go out there and just fucking crush it every time. You know, I I have to remind myself of things like so. I I use my parents the Beatles example a lot. They only had ten years of the Beatles. We only had 10 years of Led Zeppelin. We only had 18 years of Queen. Like we are on year 30 almost of Metallica and they're Whoa. still going. And it's like how as a Metallica fan or a hater, like you're still the, the fact that I've gotten this long, being able to enjoy my band every step of the way is I, I'm I, pretty lucky, you know, I yeah. mean, you don't get to, how many people get to do that? And no. especially playing the type of music they did, that they do and they can yeah, just yeah. keep doing it. And they got to the point, you know, 15 years ago where they started, adjusting their lifestyles just so they can keep uh can physically keep playing this into their 50s and 60s in what way i didn't know that what way well james hetfield you know went to rehab now he's completely clean um for was it alcohol it was, was mostly it? alcohol I, there's been speculations that there's other things too okay. like it wasn't just addict it, it, people say alcohol but he has an addictive personality so it's like he's addicted to he, he there was one interview he talked about like He's addicted to hunting. He loves hunting, but the problem with going hunting all the time was he had two little kids at home, and he's like he missed his five-year-old son's birthday because he was in a shanty in Russia hunting for bears. You oh. know, <laughs> so when he's getting, he's, he's talking about like I do these things that give me pleasure because they're easy, and uh, but I'm not doing the right thing. Right. And now they've go, they've done a course correction where they'll do like even their road shows. They'll do two weeks of touring and then two weeks off. Okay, but because they play such huge arenas, in two weeks they'll still hit two million people and their live oh, yeah, shows. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they'll take care of themselves. Uh, okay, which is awesome. That is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I oh Jesus, that's yeah. that's really rare. You get, I mean, when you when you get a band like that, you just think that they can do whatever. The, like they can be like, ah, oh, we're gonna tour for a month and then take a year off. Mm-hmm. But Jesus, these guys, guys are just never does either. Too. I mean, hardly. I I can't think of a time where they're not. 
I mean, they do the two weeks on, two weeks off pretty steadily, but they're pretty much always rocking it, man. Always going. That is out of control. And not, I mean, and they're worldwide too. So like, yeah, you yeah. know, they're doing a Europe tour. They'll do, I think they did some gimmick a couple of years ago where they're the first band ever to play on all seven continents. Yes, I did hear about that. I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's that's the way to experience it. Even if you're not a Metallica fan, like even the songs that people think they're selling out, like experiencing them live is sometimes a better way to experience it than on the album you know i agree you you get you very much get um the full force of the feeling like you mm-hmm. you don't just you don't just sit in your car and it's not as easy to just press you know press to the next track and be like oh i don't like how that intro started bump right like you're at a live show you paid for it so you're like i'm gonna listen i'm gonna mm-hmm. pay attention so and then you start it. yeah so then you start really paying attention and you start really understanding what it is they're saying, how they're playing, and mm-hmm. you just and you've got whatever, however many thousands of other people right next to you doing the exact same thing and feeling mm-hmm. the exact same emotions. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how often, like, I just get, I just get fucking goosebumps just by myself, like sitting in a car listening to whatever just through the CD. But like mm-hmm. when I'm at a live show, I haven't gone to many live shows. Mostly, like, the, I think the band, the one band I've seen the most live is Deftones. Oh, cool. And um. Every time I get goosebumps, just just because sure. I'm just I don't know I I've covered Deftones um, mm-hmm. when I was in the band we actually covered one or two Deftones songs like every once in a while um, and it was super fun it was great um, but like shit like that just it gets me going I fucking love it mm-hmm. I, I love it and I I feel like by by being able to cover it much like you guys did with the Metallica cover band you can really like you were saying when you covered the the the, the album from start to finish. Mm-hmm. You kind of almost get into their head a little bit. A little bit. Just it, it a little bit. It takes you a step closer to where they're at. And yeah. I, it makes you appreciate it a lot more than you could yes. just being a fan listening to it. Yeah. Even seeing oh. it in, in, in concert, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes you appreciate it just so much more. Agreed. So much more. Agreed. Um, okay. So going forward, like, do you plan to see them again or do they have another album? Like, mm-hmm. have, what's the news going forward? Sure. For- well, um, to back up a little bit. So they did death magnetic in 2008, uh-huh. um, or 2007, 2008. And then they took a, like a nine year hiatus for recording an album, which holy shit. That's, I mean, it's a long time for anybody, but yeah. I mean, Metallica fans are really chomping at the bit. And then they came out with hardwired, which I really like hardwired. It's got some low points at the second half of it, but that first half of that album is, I think it's pretty killer. Okay. That said, um, so after they released this one, and it did really well critically, um, fan response for the most part. I mean, it 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 was a success, bigger success than the Return to Form album, Death Magnetic. Um, the uh, the thought was that they're finishing up the third year of the Hardwired tour. I think they're finishing up this fall. That they're going to go back in the studio this year. Oh, nice! And knowing Metallica's album recording process, though, it's it's, I mean, that's slow. They, I mean, the, good, the cool thing is that they're not in any rush to do it, and they shouldn't yeah. be. But, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of hoping by 2021 be the next one. Well, um, when, you've got, when, you've, when you're fucking two, two weeks on, two weeks off, two weeks on, two weeks off, that doesn't leave a lot of t- downtime right. for you know, the creative juices to flow. You're just, mm-hmm. you're, I mean, I don't want to say you're just playing the same crap, um, but you're, you're doing what you've already done. And you're just repeating what you've mm-hmm. already done. So I, I imagine playing Enter Sandman for the nine thousandth time <laughs> must get rough. 
Yeah. Which, uh, side note, the, uh, when I was in the Metallica tribute band, was the most requested song that we never played. <laughs> really? Never. Oh, my well, God. The first time we got together, um, what, we kind of looked at each other and said, what do we do? Let's try Inner Sandman. Anyone practice it? No, we'll probably do. And we just ripped through it, and it was no problem. Oh, okay. Really easy, easy but it, yeah. I, I can only imagine that those poor bastards just having a night in, night out. It's not a bad, it. so there's worse songs I have to play every night, but I just... yeah. Any song, I can't imagine playing every fucking night. No, you know? man. That must no. really suck your creative energy. That's, that's one thing I appreciate about Pearl Jam. Oh, the they do the different set list every night? Every uh, night. They're, heard about and, that. and they never, like, they will play their, their you know, their, uh, their biggest hits. Yeah. But only, like, but they never play it the same night or, or the same, like, they never do it every night. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll, like, oh, this night's going to be these songs, and then the next night, they'll never play the same songs they played the last night, mm-hmm. I think, or some, something to that degree. But, yeah, mm-hmm. they always play some, every, like, you know, when I when they did that, they had some sort of, uh, I think it must, must have been a documentary. Oh, Pearl um, Jam 20. Very yeah, yeah, good. yeah. It was, it was great. And, yeah. like, yeah, they interviewed some, some crowd members, and some lady was like, I, I've seen them, like, four times through this tour, and every time it's been a different show, a completely different show. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard the same song twice. Right. So, I mean, like, that's, that's cool as hell. That's one thing I appreciate about Pearl Jam, but I get it. I get it with Metallica or anybody mm-hmm. else. Like, I 100% get it. Yeah. Um, I feel like Pearl Jam is one of the... Few, the very few that can really get away with that. Right, right. So, I'm looking forward to a new Pearl Jam album too. By the way, right? hopefully, hopefully soon. <laughs> it's only been seven years or whatever. Since, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's uh, he's got a lot of painting to do. All right, exactly. calm down, <laughs> calm down. All right. So oh. hey, before we wrap this bitch up, I need to know, as I do with all my guests, the more you know, what is it that you have experienced recently, last month, year, week, day, whatever. Um, book, TV show, music, board game, whatever. What have you experienced uh, that you are really hooked onto that you feel like anybody who listens to this podcast might also be uh, really enjoying? Doesn't really have to connect to Metallica? No, hell no. Hell okay. no. Anything, anything. Um, oh, boy. I really got uh, some of your past hosts have gotten me onto Letterkenny. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. I talk about like... A show that is about as you. Letterkenny is a uh, Canadian comedy show that streamed through Hulu. Originally yeah. started out as a YouTube short. Talk about the most irreverent, weirdly structured, <laughs> crazy charactered comedy yeah. show I have ever seen. And, yeah. I, and this summer, um, I got turned on to that, I think at a June meeting that we had. And I think Liz was the one who's like, Nick, no, this is, this is your comedy. You got to watch this. And she was 100% right. Like, so I would recommend anybody who has a, a cool very account. odd, weird co- comedy to try and check out Letterkenny. I would just say anybody with a Hulu account. Yeah. Like, like, I don't care yeah. if you have, I don't care about your comedy type. Just <laughs> fuck it, if you've got a Hulu account, yeah. fucking get on it. And, and, use, it and use subtitles because yeah. <laughs> it's hard to follow what they're saying. I, they just, this so I fast. <laughs> I don't speak Canadian. That's right. Fucking figure it out. That's right. Hard no. Hard no. Fuck, figure it out. Right. Figure it out. <laughs> they even have running toilets down there. Fuck, figure it out. <laughs> well, cool. Well, hey, Nick, this was good, man. Yeah, this was good. Thanks for having me, buddy. Um, no, I'm I'm super glad to have you on here. I'm really glad that we got to talk about something that you are super passionate about. Appreciate um, it. And we had better. I know we've been saying it for a while, man, and I've been kind of lightly pushing it. Although to, to an extent, I haven't had much time to be able to dedicate to it. But we need to start Metalla Dads. Metalla Dads. Metalla Dads. All right. Woo! 
solid. All right. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you later.